Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in. Today is February the 8th. It's Monday. Normally, this is Mailbox Monday, but I'm going to go ahead today and air part two of my interview with my friend, Ginger Hubbard, as we continue to talk about six mistakes that parents make in disciplining their kids. And also, we're going to give you some real solutions today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for listening today. I'm glad you guys have joined me. I hope you enjoyed part one with Ginger. Um, I'm always encouraged when I talk to her, and I know you guys are going to be encouraged as well. want to let you know I'm going to be speaking this weekend here in Vancouver, Washington at Church on the Rock, actually in Battleground, Washington, which is where I live. So I'm pretty excited. I don't have to fly to this event. And I hope you guys will come out. We're going to spend the whole weekend talking about truth and what it is, how we can identify it in the culture and how we can defend it. If you want more information, you can just Google Church on the Rock, Battleground, Washington, and register for this weekend's event. I know you guys are going to be blessed and encouraged. That event starts on Thursday night with their women's event called Lavish, and then I'll be speaking on Friday and Saturday. Jam-packed weekend. You guys are going to be blessed and encouraged. Uh, For more information, you can visit the show notes today. All right, without further ado, let's join my conversation with my friend, Ginger Hubbard, in progress. Okay, so if you think about it, threatening that we just talked about is along the same lines as uh, what I would say number three is, which is repeating our instructions and going back on our instructions, which are Mm -hmm. also traps that we don't want to fall into. Uh, My oldest stepson, Hudson, he is a total history buff, uh, especially when it comes to battles and war history. And he has just really helped me to have a deeper understanding of battle strategies and how our military works. And one of the things that I have found so interesting is that when we look at some of the most admirable and successful generals of our country, we see that they all had one thing in common. They were certain of their commands before they issued them. Mm. Soldiers don't respect or respond well to an uncertain or inconsistent leader, which is interesting because it goes right along the lines with what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 8. He said, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? And Heidi, that's how it is in parenting. If we issue these half-hearted commands to our children and we don't require them to follow through immediately, we send mixed signals. And that can even cause our children to question their own positions in the family because Mm. they become uncertain of when and how to respond even to our instructions. When we're uncertain and inconsistent or wishy-washy in our instructions, it can cause our children to be insecure and unsure of their own actions. So we want to strive to lead our children with confidence so that they can find security and stability in their call to obedience. What's mm, so good. So we've got bribery, eh, threatening. I mean, I can just hear all the moms like, I'm doing that. Yep, I'm doing that one. Uh, repeating and going back on her word. I'm do- uh, Actually, every single one of you is like, yep, I did that, did that, did that. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way. What's number four? All right. Another one is when we try to appeal to their emotions instead of just requiring obedience. And, you know, I think as moms, probably the most typical way I know this would be my temptation as a mom is in trying to make them feel guilty. The whole, you know, after all I do for you, (laughs) this is how you repay me. And, you know, really, I mean, as moms, we do so much for our well, kids. Well, shoot, now I've done all four of these. I'm really rooting for you to get to one I haven't done. 
Well, I did too. I knew better. And there were moments that I did this too, but I'm trying to encourage everybody to not do some of the things that I did. So, but as moms, we, we do so much for our kids and we do make so many sacrifices. And so you are not wrong, Ginger. Yeah. And so (laughs) it it becomes easy for us to start in a sense, feeling sorry for ourselves. And then you get the martyr mom syndrome. There you go. And so we start thinking that our kids actually owe us obedience. But we want their motives for obeying to come from a heart to please God, not from a parent-inflicted guilt trip. And mm. let me just say that putting a guilt trip on our kids, it might actually be effective for manipulating their behavior sometimes. But even if it does, it stems from a wrong motive. It yeah. would be with a motive of people-pleasing, and that's not a healthy way to live. And, you know, I think a lot of times the temptation to appeal to their emotions and try to make them feel guilty If you really want to get deep here, it stems from our own sinful hearts because we're selfish by nature. We're tempted to internalize it when our kids choose to disobey our instructions. But here's what we need to understand. When we're being self-focused, we're going to view their disobedience as sin against us instead of sin against God. And that's a problem. Again, we don't want our motive or we don't want to motivate our kids to obey because it pleases us, because that could cause our kids to develop unhealthy habits that can lead to the emotional bondage of people pleasing. We want to motivate our children to be God pleasers, not people pleasers. Colossians 3.20 says, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. So that's the right motive that we want to encourage our kids in. Well, and I think it gives us a lot of insight. There are a lot of people listening to us who who are people pleasers. And I think sometimes you can stem it back to uh, exactly how you were raised. If we're raised to please people, then that becomes our motive. I love that you're just pointing these parents back to the Lord, pointing them back to the Lord. What's number five? All right. This one is actually my personal favorite as far as these uh, deceptive philosophy, common worldly methods go. (laughs) And you should be able to guess it um, because it's actually what inspired the title of my first parenting book. Don't make me count to three. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There are those parents and we see them all around us who say, if you don't do this, by the time I count to three, you're going to get it. And they start or you to do count. three and a half, yeah, three and three like, quarters. You even hold up fingers if that's going to add some sort of extra <laughs> incentive. And so, yeah. yeah, they start. They do the one and the, cat, the kid doesn't move. And then they say two and the kid still doesn't move. And then they do the two and a half because they really don't want to have to discipline their kids. And so it goes. But here's the thing. Children will rise to the standard that the parents set. If you don't expect your child to obey until you count to three, well, he's probably not going to obey until you count. Why not expect instant obedience? This leaves no room for question and no room for confusion. It's so much easier. It's so much more peaceful. And it's definitely more biblical. And you know what, Heidi? Think about it. If if my small child is about to step off the curb into a busy street, I don't want to have to count to three before he obeys. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And you know, and let me just say real quick too that parents are often responsible for the habits of their children. When we count to three, We cause our children to get into the habit of delayed obedience and Mm. delayed obedience is disobedience. What counting to three does is it encourages them to put off obeying until absolutely necessary. But we want our children to view obedience as their best option, not a choice that's put off until the last minute. And, you know, what can help us is to think about our ultimate goal, which is for our children to love and obey Jesus, who is their ultimate authority. So while they're young and in our home, we have this opportunity to help them get into the habit of obeying us without delay so that hopefully when they surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, 
they might find it just a little bit easier to obey him without delay because they're already in that habit. So all that to say, as we consider our spiritual goals of training our children to be followers of Christ, before we begin that count to three, maybe we need to ask ourselves, do I want my child to be in the habit of obeying God the first time, the second Mm -hmm. time, or the third time? Mm. Wow. And it's really important to you, I think, as parents, a lot of parents listening to this have teenagers in their home. Obviously, this changes a little bit as they get older. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to sit there and, you know, uh, at least I would not ask my 15 year old, hey, you're on dinner tonight and expect her to just stop what she's doing immediately and get up and start. But what you have established at that point is she knows that by the end of the evening, I expect that job will have been done. Mm -hmm. And I know that she's going to do it because I expect her to obey. The point of first time obedience when they're younger is, unless we used to tell our children, I want your heart to be attuned to the sound of my voice so that as you get older, your heart can be attuned to the sound of God's voice. And that's the point. And I love that you, that you're continuing just to remind parents, this isn't about you. This is ultimately about their relationship with the Lord as they grow up and grow into adulthood. So, so important. All right. Last, uh, last point in your six mistakes so far, I've made all of them. Let's see if I can uh, get out of this one. (laughs) All right. Last discipline mistake parents might try to use in an attempt to get their children to obey is reasoning with small children. (laughs) Shoot. Okay. I just, I failed your whole big thing. All right. Continue. (laughs) We're going to have some bonus points at the end. Oh, good. (laughs) No. And, and, you know, and I'm not talking about older children here. You you were just talking about some older children. I'm not talking about older children where mature, respectful reasoning uh, might be appropriate sometimes. I'm talking about reasoning with young children. Uh, For example, mom asked her six-year-old, honey, don't you want to come and eat lunch now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks, mom. I'm playing with my cars. (laughs) Oh, but sweetie, your hot dog's going to get cold if you don't come and eat it now. Mm, That's okay. I'd rather play with my cars. But if you'll come right now and eat, I thought we might have time to go to the park after lunch. Okay, mom, I'll be there in just a minute. You see, instead of simply telling her son what she wanted and expecting that prompt obedience, this mom is trying to talk her son into obedience. Parents who try to reason with their young children normally end up frustrated and quite often outwitted. Yeah, that's (laughs) for sure. Yeah, then they usually wind up resorting to a bribe in order to get the response thereafter. Reasoning with young children in an attempt to get them to obey, that causes confusion because it places them in a position that they are not mature or responsible enough to handle. It erases that line of authority between the parent and the child, and it places that child up on a peer level with a parent. We need to clearly instruct our children and then expect obedience. Yep, that's true. I think a lot of us are, now I know I'm doing it. I recognize these as worldly methods and they're not beneficial to our kids. And so why do you think it's so easy for us to fall into it? Well, again, because we're selfish by nature. We're selfish in everything, in, including our time and what we put our energy into. Oh, yeah. you know, doing the right thing usually takes more time and effort than doing the quick thing. So we have this natural tendency to go for those quick, easy fixes so that we can get back to our own agendas. So we're dragged away from what God has called us to do and enticed by what we want to do. James 1.14 says, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. And, uh, you know, again, let me confess that I can oft I was when my kids were growing up, a lot of times I was the pot calling the kettle black here. I'm yep. just as selfish as the next person. 
but we are called to train our children in the ways of the Lord and to point them to their need for Jesus. But we also have to remember that we need Jesus to help us do that. So we need to be crying out to God and seeking him in our weaknesses uh, because 1 Corinthians 12, 10 assures us that when we are weak, he is strong. And so, uh, you know, as I know we're getting ready to wrap it up, up here. And let me just reiterate again that the, the discipline mistakes we've talked about on your show today, they're ineffective because while they may manipulate the child's behavior to a certain extent, they fail to reach the heart. But Heidi, aren't these methods so popular in our world today? Yeah. And, and that's why we're told in, in Colossians 2.8, where we're warned, it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. We live in an age that defies God at every point, including child training. The world tries to tell us how to train our kids, but Proverbs 14.12 says there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. You see all these um, experts that the world exalts here and tries to convince us to use their methods of parenting their kids. Uh, we need to be really careful because First Corinthians 3.18 says that the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. God's mm-hmm. word is truth. God's mm-hmm. word is wisdom. So we need to make sure that the people we're listening to, the people who are, are encouraging us in our parenting, are depending on the life-giving truths of God's word to do it. Mm, it's so important. You've written about this extensively. And uh, before we end today, I'm definitely, we're going to um, talk about your books for just a minute. But I'm wondering if you could just summarize really quickly the three-step plan that you talk about in your parenting books, which offer a more biblical heart-oriented, because the goal is to get to their heart, right? We, want, we don't just want to get to the fruit. We want to get to the root. So what is a better, more biblical approach for raising our kids? Yep. In all of my uh, parenting books, um, uh, this is what I encourage. Um, uh, just a, a very simple three-step plan. It's not my plan. Well, it's sort of my plan, but it, it's all based on God's word. So I would say it's God's plan. I've just kind of organized it a little bit to make it really simple for moms to be able to implement. But we've already touched on a little bit. Step one is heart probing questions. And the reason behind that is if you think about it, all the stories in scripture, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't wave his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong. And this is what you should have done instead. If you think about it, Jesus often used heart probing questions. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people would have to take their focus off of the circumstances and the situations around them and onto the sin in their own heart. So in my parenting book, my latest one, I can't believe you just said that every single chapter addresses a different verbal and behavioral struggle that kids have like lying, defying, paddling, whining, um, a lot of different ones that it was everything that I could think of. And for each specific issue, I offer two or three very simple questions just to help parents uh, get in the habit of reaching past the outward behavior and pull out what is going on in the heart. And then we've already really touched on this. so I'm not going to elaborate here, but we talked about the Ephesians verse, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 that basically in a nutshell says we're to put off our old self and put on our new self. So step two is what to put off, what God's word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three is what to put on, how to replace what is wrong with what is right. Mm-hmm. And all, all from God's word. We always want to use God's word, God's wisdom, not ours. 
Mm, it's so important. Parenting uh, is difficult. And I have been saying this for years and years over at the podcast, nothing that's worth doing is easy. And we have paid a high, high price in the culture, dropping our kids off at school, dropping them off at church, and not doing the hard work of training up their hearts. And I know there are lots of parents who are listening to this and taking notes fast and furious, but I've got great news for you guys because uh, Ginger's getting ready to start her own parenting podcast. It's called Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. So in the last couple minutes that we've got left, my friend. Tell us about what you've got going on and what they can expect if they subscribe to your podcast. Sure. I would love to do that because I don't think I've ever been more excited about anything uh, than this is Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. It's a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to do what we've talked about here, to reach beyond behavior, address the issues of the heart and point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And from a practical standpoint, We want to help parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues of disobedience and defiance and many other uh, different things that they struggle with. We want to help them move from that into a confident and biblical and well-balanced approach to raising their children. And so they can get uh, lots more information about my podcast and the episodes at gingerhubbard.com. I love it. I'm super excited. And when does that start? February 1st. So you're in your first week. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So excited about it. So I hope uh, your listeners will tune in and let me encourage them because that is my absolute favorite thing in the whole world to do is encourage parents to reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Well, I love that. You have been such an encouragement today. Actually, I have to say, there's several things you're saying that I'm thinking, oh man, I'm glad I'm out of that phase. Ooh, I'm glad I'm done with that. (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) You know what what else I'm glad about? I'm glad that my husband and I made the decision to stay in there with our kids. Uh, Discipline, the Bible teaches us, is not pleasant at the time, but for those who are trained by it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And that's what we're after with our kids. We want them to walk in right relationship with God because long after we're done with timeouts and spankings and all those other things, by the grace of God, we will have developed lifelong relationships and friendships with our children. But even more important than that, we will have helped our children to develop a working, uh, growing, breathing relationship with the one who made them. And that's what will take them through their entire life. So I'm excited about your podcast. I will be listening. So you've got a brand new subscriber right here. Heidi St. John will be subscribing to the to the Ginger Hubbard Parenting Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited about it. We can find you one more time at your website, right? That's gingerhubbard.com. Yep, that's correct. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. And for more information about Ginger Hubbard and all of the things she is doing to encourage and bless parents in every stage of parenting, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the show notes, and I will link back to all things Ginger Hubbard today. Thanks for listening today, everybody. It's been a joy to have you love your people well today. Love your family well. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.